Today, though, I want to celebrate the greatness of God. Does anyone believe God is great? I hope you do, because I really believe He's great, and I want to share that with you this morning. If you've got a Bible, please open to Psalm 19. And uh, if you have Psalm 19 memorized, that's okay. Uh, it's also on our app if you want to follow the notes there. But a lot of this is going to be on the screen behind me. And apologies to our Facebook friends. The internet is, the NBN is down. Um, who'd have thought the NBN could go down? But there you go. Uh, so apologies to our Facebook friends who are coming. We're coming to you out of a phone today. But we'll, we'll put something up a little bit more official as we go along. Life sometimes seems overwhelming, doesn't it? Does anybody here get overwhelmed? Underwhelmed? Just whelmed? Okay. Relationships, money, work, sickness, life. We wonder where God is in all this. And I hear people say, I don't think God can do this. I can't believe God can do this. God can't save my loved one. God can't provide a house or money or healing. I've even heard people say that, well, it looks like the devil is winning. It looks like God is, is losing control. So this morning... I wanted to dispel all of that because I want to show you how awesome God is, right? Now, some of you here are thinking, well, I think God is great. God is awesome. But I'm going to prove it to you today because what we're going to do um, is, is take a trip through the cosmos and I want to show you how amazing God is. And I, I have had so much fun preparing this message. Uh, I read a book by Louis Giglio who, who uh, had messages on this. And I thought I wanted to do one myself and just explore myself, the wonders of God. You see, if God is great, then we can put our trust in Him. Do I hear an amen to that? Right? So we don't serve a God who's a little, a little sort of pillar of, 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 of wood or, or gold or something in a temple. We serve a God who made all of this. And we serve a God who is so great. So I want to show you today how unbelievably huge God is and why we should trust Him. Because He is the God of all creation. You know, the all-creating one we sang earlier. Now, mankind thinks they're pretty awesome, and in, I suppose in many ways we are. I mean, think about it. We've designed things like cars, TVs, cell phones, the internet. We've traveled to the deepest depths of the ocean. And uh, right around our incredible world, we've traveled. Um, we've even traveled to the moon and back. Uh, we've sent probes into deeper space, learning, exploring. And all the time, we're glorifying ourselves and saying, look how good we are. Mankind is pretty smart, pretty clever. And ultimately, this feeds into the notion that, that we are, are, are ourselves gods. We are the ultimate. Mankind is the ultimate. Well, I'd like you to eat some humble pie if you think that today. Because I'm going to show you that God is beyond the ultimate. He's bigger and, and more awesome than we could ever imagine that we could be. You know, we think we're smart. But we think that we are the result of a, a coincidental coincidental bumping together of a couple of chemicals billions of years ago but I'm going to show you that God is God and he made our world and our universe out of nothing see if you hold to the big bang theory it's a nice tv show but if you hold to that theory then something had to be there to go bang what was there oh it's the start of all time it's creation it just went bang well, what went bang? You had to have something to start with that went bang to form all of this under that theory. Well, for my God, he went bang. He just went and it happened. I'm going to show you this and prove this to you this morning. You know, we, we humans think that we're masters of our own destiny and therefore we should eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. 
but as a, as a race, we are the masters of our own destiny. But I'm telling you, nothing could be further from the truth. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. How great is our God? We've been singing it this morning. Our God is infinitely big, infinitely powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. He's all-present everywhere, all the time. This is why miracles are possible. Not because of how much faith we have. It's the person in whom we have the faith. Jesus said in Matthew 17, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But it's not about how much faith you can muster. It's about the, who you have your faith in. And if we have our faith in a God who is infinitely powerful, then that's what works. That's what really happens. Not just us drumming up faith in something that isn't really that powerful. So if I can prove to you today that God is amazingly awesome, then that should build your faith. Because you'll realize that we worship an incredible, amazing God. Now, if you believe that God loves you as he's promised, and that he wants the best for you as he's promised, then this message will prove to you how big and amazing and awesome he is, so that you cannot help but have faith in God, because he is awesome and amazing. And what's more, he promises, Ephesians 3.20, that he's able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. So whatever you think, however big you think God is, hold on to your hat because I'm about to blow it to pieces. He's way bigger, way more powerful, way more incredible than you might think. And if you're sitting here today and you're not a Christian, then hang on to your hat because from the cosmos, I'm going to prove to you that there is a God. The, the Russian cosmo, cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin, when he first went into space, he sent a message back to the Russians saying, I am up here. There is no God. <laughs> All right, he said it in Russian, but it sounded a bit like that. But Yuri, you take your space suit out and step outside and I'll show you, you'll meet him. <laughs> you know, because he is there. So Psalm 19, verses 1 to 2. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his handiwork. Uh, day, day by day, sorry, day to day pours out speech. Night to night it reveals knowledge. Have you ever, I've done this a lot, maybe it's just me, but have you ever lied down and looked at the stars and tried to imagine how far it is from where you are to that tiny prick of light up there? Hands up if you've ever done that. If not, that's your homework. Go home, sit outside tonight, look up at the stars and go, wow, I wonder how far it is and try to fathom the distance. So um, this message is going to be fun, but there's a deeper point. I want to show you how amazingly huge and powerful the God of creation is. And then when we stop to realize that this God of creation who created all of this stuff takes interest in us and loves us individually. You know, so does he love us? Yes. Can we trust him? Yes. That's the point of, of studying how great God is. Jeremiah 32. Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. So we're going to look at how God is revealed in the heavens. And I want this morning, I want to celebrate how great is our God. But really have, have an understanding of how great he is. But I guarantee you, we won't even reach understanding today. It's too big for our human minds to figure out. So let's start our celestial journey close to home by the light of the silvery moon. Let's start with the moon. Now you young ones are going, what's that? <laughs> That's like 
I vaguely remember that song. Okay. Earth is the perfect environment for life. Nowhere else we have discovered in the universe comes close to Earth. But I, I, I wanted you to wrap your head around how important Earth, uh, the, the, the climate here on Earth is for us to survive. The tides are controlled by the moon, uh, life and energy controlled by the sun, and in perfect balance, life can exist and flourish on our planet. 1 Corinthians 15 says... There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of stars, for stars differ from stars in glory. So both the sun and the moon appear roughly the same size in our heavens uh, because the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon, but it's also 400 times further away. So in our world, they look you know, quite similar. Not that you can look at the sun very much. The moon is a perfect size for life to exist on earth. If the moon were larger, the earth would tilt so far off its axis that the side facing the sun would experience unbearable heat, while the other side would be in a perpetual sub-zero winter. But as it is, the moon is just the right size to cause the earth to tilt at a very acceptable 23.4 degrees. I'm sure you are excited about 23.4 degrees. But this enables us to have both winter and summer on our planet, except for us. We have two seasons here as you know, summer and roadworks. <laughs> uh, well, maybe wet, wet and dry. So that's, that's the moon. Meanwhile, the sun's gone fishing. The sun is, is a star. When you look up and you see stars, that's what the sun is, and it's burning brightly. The process within the sun that makes this happen is called nuclear fission. That's why I'm saying it's gone fishing. And this is what atomic bombs do. Now, interestingly, 99.9% .9 of all matter in our, in our solar system is in the sun, which means 0.1% of, of, of matter in our entire solar system is in the planets. Most of it's in the sun. It's all contained within the sun. The luminosity or the intrinsic brightness of the sun is 40 billion billion megawatts. To put this in perspective, the total human consumption of power on the earth is 2 million megawatts. So the sun perpetually produces 20.5 times the entire energy consumption for the world every second. It's pretty awesome. It has a surface temperature of 6,000 degrees Celsius. And the thing about, thing about the sun is it's stable. If it had huge swings of output... Uh, or if we were slightly closer or further away from Earth, then we could be vaporized or frozen instantly in a second. Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17 says, For by him, Christ, all things were created, and in him all things hold together. Now the solar system is a star, in, in our case the sun, with planets revolving around it. A galaxy consists of whole bunches of these solar systems. Stars and solar systems, but billions of them, that's what makes up a galaxy. Our sun is just one of an unfathomable number of stars in our galaxy. Our galaxy is called the Milky Way. You thought it was a chocolate, but it's not just a chocolate. It's, it's a collection of not just stars, but it's a collection of solar systems. Okay? Um, although our sun seems a fair size, it certainly shrinks in significance when you compare it against some of the other stars and stuff in the region so size does matter to get your head around just how big and awesome god is let's talk about size for a minute because as they said in the movie godzilla size does matter and it really does when it comes to planets 
And uh, I want to show this to you as we go along. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, by, by the word of the Lord, which is Jesus, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. So what, to, to get you an idea of what's going on, I want to do a comparison scale. Right, this is our solar system and we're this little blue thing here. That's us. But I want, I want to get your head around and give you something to figure out how big these things actually are and how God controls all of them. So, if the earth were a golf ball, the sun would be the equivalent of a school bus full of golf balls. That's how big the sun is. So, let's look a little bit deeper into space. Uh, can we have the next slide, thanks? So, this is a comparison. I found this. I thought, this is pretty cool. So, number one up here, that's our earth. It looks pretty big compared to, you know, say, Mercury, Mars and Venus. But then, there it is. It's the little small one here compared to Jupiter, which is way bigger. But then Jupiter is this little one here compared to uh, our sun here and Cirrus. And so it goes on. Now, this one here is called Betelgeuse, which again, another movie. I don't know, why do we make movies that have nothing to do with stars and we give them star names? So it's called Betelgeuse, which is 427 light years away. It is the 10th brightest star in the sky. And Betelgeuse is so big that its diameter is twice, now get this, twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the Sun. It is 262 trillion Earths would, fill in, uh, would fit into Betelgeuse. So if the Earth were a golf ball, that's enough Earths to fill a football stadium with golf balls 3,000 times over. Get your head around this. But why stop there? I mean, let's not stop just because we're having trouble understanding this. <clears throat> There's one called Musifi, which is this listed down here. Musifi is a giant, uh, sorry, is a red supergiant, one of the largest, most luminous stars in our galaxy. And Musifi would hold, get this, 2.7 quadrillion Earths. But hey, why stop there? There's another one called uh, V.Y. Canis Majoris. They should come up with better names than that. Do you know they had a thing a while ago when you were able to name a star after your loved one? Isn't that good? So uh, now all you can do is buy a square foot of Scottish ground. But back in the day, you could name a star after them. So V.Y. Canis Majoris is 4,900 light years from Earth. It boasts a diameter, a diameter, right, just measuring across a 1.7 billion miles. If Earth were a golf ball... Um, V.Y. Canis Majoris would cover the state of New South Wales end-to-end, -end, top to bottom, filled with golf balls up to your knees. It's pretty big. And they are just, they're just four, I've just mentioned four, of the hundreds of billions of hundreds of billions of stars that your God manages every second, every day. Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. I love it. But let me ask you a question, how dense do you feel? Because I want to talk about density and also brightness. So if you're having trouble fathoming at all, don't feel too dense. I'm going to make you a little bit brighter. Have you heard of supernovas? It's not a band or anything. Supernovas are massive stars in their death throes, so they're dying. And they blaze millions of times brighter than our sun. In fact, during the final stages, these stars, an individual star dying in a supernova can blaze so brightly that it is brighter than an entire galaxy. 
so compact and dense it is in places that scientists predict that one teaspoon worth of, worth of, of matter would weigh more than a billion tonnes. And they spin at speeds of up to 600 revolutions per second. We can't even fathom this, right? This is way off the charts. So have a look at this one, this, this one up here. They're very spectacular. Uh, supernovas, are the, they're, they're the glamour boys of the celestial world. Very colourful, very exciting. But not for long. Yeah, they're going to run out of path. But you can add to, add to these things dark stars, which are called black holes, that are so dense at their core. Why is it a black hole? It is so dense at its core that not even light can escape it. The gravitational pull is so strong that light can't escape it, and it is actually dark. Okay, that's why they're called dark stars or black holes. Our own galaxy, the Milky Way, has a black hole at the middle. Did you know that? Our own galaxy has a black hole at the middle, sucking everything in towards it. And beauty, I mean, this is beauty on a cosmic scale. It makes earthly beauty pretty unimpressive, like a pinprick next to these guys. Stars are beautiful. They're incredible. There's myriads of them, clusters, galaxies, hundreds of thousands, even billions of stars in beautiful formations. We discover other objects too, like nebulae, uh, stunning clouds of gas and dust that are, that are larger than we can even imagine. Annie Dillard said this, the creator loves pizzazz. And I think that's quite true, don't you? I mean, this stuff is spectacular. Can we have the next, next uh, slide? Think. So this is, this is a black hole. You see the black bit in the middle there? That's light not escaping. Okay? But look at the rest of it. It's beautiful, incredible. Isaiah 45 verse 12 says, God says, I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hand, says God, that stretched out the heavens and I commanded all their hosts. So ponder the immense beauty and power of these stars and your God is in control of them every second of every day. Impressive, right? I think that's pretty amazing. Let me talk about supernovas and our super God. Supernovas and nebulae are really, they're the, they're the sexy, colourful ones, right? But why on earth, so next slide, thanks, why on earth or in heaven, look at that, that's amazing, uh, would God bother doing such spectacular things? And many of these we can't see with the, with the naked eye. Do you know why he does them? Because he can. He, I, I'm, I reckon he's up there having fun. Let's check this out. You know, this is like fluid art gone wrong, isn't it, sweetie? Like, like, like Fiona does this fluid art and it's all these beautiful colours and stuff like that, but I reckon God's just doing that. I reckon he's having an amazing time doing it. That's because it says, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly, right? Like he just goes off the charts with this stuff. And I mean, think about it. If you have a room in your house that no one sees, you basically never clean it, right? Or rarely clean it, okay? Well, certainly I don't. But God is different. He does this stuff even though you can't see it. He doesn't do it to impress you. He does it because he can. Because it's fun. Yeah, why not indeed? Job said it well. Job 26 verse 14. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? I mean, this is sensational. I love looking at this. Next slide, please. Um, this here is a... a uh, giant red star and and giant red stars have a crazy way of dying that's the next slide please no it's 
I'm going to get to that in a minute. Giant red stars. They have a crazy way of dying. Must be the last slide. Sorry, I'm getting messed up here. I'm getting too excited. What can you say? They, they throw off their outer layers of dust and gas around the planet, and that's what we glimpse with our telescopes. And we used to think they were just big gaseous balls, but when Hubble went up, the Hubble telescope is, is in orbit, and that, so it doesn't look through our atmosphere, so it gets much clearer pictures. And when Hubble went up, um, the dust and, and, and gas clouds, right, we, we figured out that they're the remnants of what's happening inside, whimsical shapes and colours and that sort of stuff. Who, and these stars are dying. Who ever knew that death could be such a glorious thing, producing mesmerising colours in the heavens? And, and this, is, this is a planetary size spec spectacle, not just an Earth-sized one. Absolutely amazing. So let's go to the next slide, which is a picture of a very famous um, uh, nebula. These is, is in the Eagle Pillar cloud, and it's a cloud-like tower of gas stretching, stretching... 9.5 light years, about 57 trillion miles above the Eagle Nebula. Now, this photo is quite... I, I actually got all these photos from Google Comments to avoid all of the copyright stuff. But this was actually produced by NASA. And this... this do you know what they called this? They called it the Pillars of Creation. <laughs> NASA called it the Pillars of Creation. So these things are enormously high. And, uh, you know... Many, in fact, the height of these is many times the size of our solar system. The height of one of these. Incredible stuff. Let's have a look at the next one. This is the cute one that everyone loves. It's the Horsehead Nebula. See it? The Horsehead Nebula. It's only three to four light years high, that little thing, made up of hydrogen and dust. It's part of the Orion constellation, which is an enormous birthplace for stars spanning hundreds of light years across. But let me show you this one. This is, uh, the next one, thanks, this is Supernova 1987A. You might say, well, that's not that spectacular. It's one of the brightest supernovas seen in 400 years of astronomy and research. The star exploded into a supernova which burned over 100 million times brighter than our sun. And that is a photograph of it, but it's not a visible photograph, because a visible photograph would just look like that white wall so bright it is so let me ask you the question how far will god go how far will god go to display his greatness well distance and time are areas where god just loves displaying how awesome he is psalm 90 verse 4 for a thousand years in your sight uh, but yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night they say a thousand years in your sight is like a day and a day to you lord is like a thousand years to us remember a guy was sitting praying one day he said he said lord if a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years, could you give me a million dollars? Because it's not hard for you. And God said, yeah, sure, in a minute. <laughs> Light, as you know, is ridiculously big, uh, ridiculously fast. We talk about the speed of light. Some of you Star Trekkies and Star Wars fans, you love all this stuff, speed of light and stuff like that. How fast is light? It's really fast. It's 300,000 kilometres a second. Let me put that in perspective for you. A beam of light can go around the equator of the Earth seven and a half times in one second. So it's pretty quick. So travelling at that phenomenal speed, not for one second, but for... You know, 60 seconds is a minute, 60 minutes is an hour, 24 hours is a day, 365 days. 
Light covers a distance of over 9.3 trillion kilometers. Not million or billion, trillion. So we call this a light year, and Star Trek, Star Wars fans, they know all of it, but don't lose sight of the fact, 9.3 trillion kilometers. So, just to put the universe, and indeed said God of the universe in perspective, the distance from the sun to the next closest star, Proxima Centauri, is 4.3 light years, or 270,000 times the distance between Earth and the sun. It's pretty big. Now, I put this slide up, I actually found this slide, I thought this was really cool. This is... This is our Milky Way galaxy. This is what it looks like. It's somewhere in the range of, of 100 to 120,000 light years in width and about 1,000 light years in depth. If you look over here, you see a little squashy, like a pancake thing. That's what it looks like. But listen, it's not the whole of space. Oh, and I should point out, I put a little... See the bit in the middle there? That's our sun. So we're on a little tiny, tiny, tiny thing going around that sun in that galaxy. But that galaxy is not all of it. In fact, to cosmologists, a galaxy like the Milky Way, which contains hundreds of billions of stars and solar systems, is the smallest thing in the universe worth bothering about. So here on Earth, we're just a bit of rock orbiting just one of hundreds of billions of stars in the relatively insignificant Milky Way galaxy which is only one of hundreds of billions of other galaxies in the universe that is too big for us to measure or even contemplate. Isn't that incredible? How great is our God? So, at present, with our very best instruments, the furthest we've been able to detect objects in space is around 13 billion light years from Earth. That is a long way. So far away that without sophisticated instruments, we cannot detect them. But God does extravagant, spectacular things way out there that no one ever sees. Why? Because he's God and he can. Isaiah 44 verse 24 says this, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. Isaiah 45 verse 12, I made the earth and created man in it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I command all their hosts. God has this thing under control. Do you think he can help you? In our limited human understanding and wisdom, we try and prize apart the Trinity and say, well, Jesus is when God came to earth and God is, is God and then there's the Holy Spirit that indwells us and they're all three and they're in one. But the Bible says that, that uh, in Colossians 1, that Jesus actually created. So he's not just the body version. Jesus has other versions. And I don't know how the Trinity works. Does anybody know how it works? No idea. But what I can tell you is our God is an awesome God. Right? We don't have to understand it. I don't understand electricity, but when I put something in and switch it on, it seems to work. We, we, we humans think we have to understand everything. We, there are some things that are beyond us. Colossians 1 says this, for, for by him, which is Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers or authority, and all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So we should get excited that this one we call Jesus was also right there. Jesus and the Father and the Spirit were all active participants at creation. So don't try and understand it. Just, just, just accept that God 
is amazing and awesome. Uh, but by contrast, we are, we're a little bit little, don't you think? Do you feel a little small? Scientists have no idea how big the universe really is. They just think it started with a bang. <laughs> Might finish with a bang. But the earth and us human beings are really, what we do know is in this huge universe, we are really, really, really small. <laughs> okay? In fact, in terms of scale, the earth itself is a blip amidst the expanse of space around us. The same could be said for our entire solar system. And for the Milky Way, our entire galaxy. So solar system with this tiny bit, there's the galaxy, but it's just a tiny bit in the expanse of everything that's going on. In the grand scale of things, size-wise, we don't matter. To God, of course, we matter a whole heap. Every, you see this? This is a photograph from the Hubble telescope. See, every light you see up here is a galaxy as big or bigger than our Milky Way. In that... And I believe that is roughly an inch square of the sky. Psalm 8, verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? See, in the midst of this insanely huge universe, God looked through all the planets and the galaxies across 7, million hum sorry, 7 billion humans on earth, and he chose you. He loves you. And God is in the middle of all this, and he has a plan for your life. Now, let's admit that our solar system is tiny in the midst of the vast Milky Way, which is one of billions of other galaxies in the known universe. Scientists say that the size of our solar system would be roughly, get your head around this, the size of our solar system relative to the Milky Way. So this is not the universe, just a galaxy, a single galaxy. The size of our solar system is roughly the size of a 20-cent coin in an area 3.2 times the size of Australia. Mankind declares that he's important, but I think God's making a declaration of his own in the heavens. So let me tell you about a really slow download. On Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1990, does anyone want to know what this is? Don't say a spaceship. Voyager 1 spacecraft. It was launched in uh, 1977. And uh, on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1990, as it was screaming through space at 64,000 kilometres an hour, away from the sun, uh, Voyager was, went beyond Pluto and um, it, it decided, before it went off into oblivion and we could never contact it again, they, they got, the scientists got it to send back some photographs of, of looking back towards our sun. Okay, um, amazingly, it was flying past the edges of our solar system, out into the galaxy. So they they, they got it to take one last Earth-facing image before continuing into oblivion. It shot 60 images that they put together in a in a in a sort of a montage to make it up. And each image consisted of 640,000 pixels. Now, a pixel is a little dot that makes up. Have you seen like newspaper print? You see little dots. That's a pixel. So to make one picture, one of the 60 pictures was 600, <coughs> 640,000 pixels. So it was estimated that it was 3.7 billion miles from home and each pixel it sent back took five and a half hours. Not each picture, each pixel. Five and a half hours to come back. 640,000 of those would make one of the 60 images that we have looking back from, 
from the Voyager 1. I mean, you think the MBN is slow. That is slow. Yeah, could, could you imagine sitting there waiting for that download? <laughs> I'll just go and, uh, and, and have a European trip while I'm waiting for this to download half an image, you know. <coughs> so to get an idea of how small we are, they produced a very famous picture which has been dubbed the, the pale blue dot. So this is all what it took facing backwards. You see that little, little sort of light across there? That little dot there, that's Earth. One tiny dot, scarcely visible to the naked eye. One little speck, which is, a, that's Earth from almost four billion miles away. Psalm 8. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Yet you've made him a little lower than the angels, than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. A.W. Tozer wrote this. God is above all things, beneath all things, outside all things and inside all things. God is above, but he's not pushed up. He's beneath, but he's not pressed down. He's outside, but he's not excluded. He's inside, but he's not confined. God is above all things presiding, beneath all things sustaining, outside of all things embracing, and inside of all things filling. Are you getting this? The God who spoke and all of this sprang into being looks down through the eons of time right across the globe and he looks and he sees you. You can have faith in a God who does that for fun. You can have faith in the God who created galaxies, universes, supernovas and all that sort of stuff. This same God created all that and he knew that to buy your soul back he'd have to come and give his own son, Jesus, on a cross. Now let me blow your mind with this. In creation, God was thinking about sending his son to the cross all along. Let me introduce you to the Whirlpool Galaxy alias M51. So it's a beautiful galaxy here. You see that? Whirlpool galaxy. Very, very nice. It's quite close to us. It's very beautiful. Scientists have discovered that in the center of this galaxy is a black hole so powerful that light cannot escape it. When Hubble photographed this black hole at the center, believe it or not, they proved that God, even in creation, God had the cross on his mind. 1 Corinthians 1 says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And right at the center of this galaxy, let me give you a blow up, is a cross-shaped black hole. Right in the middle of that galaxy. Even in creation, the cross was never plan B, it was plan A to save you. So let me bring it all down to earth as we wrap it up. It's overwhelming to realize that God is so unbelievably huge and powerful that seven billion of us live on an obscure rock spinning in the Milky Way and we think we're pretty cool and special. But this morning, I hope that you've changed your outlook on things because we're not that cool. He's cool. We're not that powerful. He's powerful. There are more stars in just one arm of our Milky Way galaxy than people on Earth billions more stars and God placed every one of them there Isaiah 40 verse 26 lift up your eyes on high and see who created these he who brings out their host by number calling them all by name the greatest of his might and because he is the, the strong in power not one of them is missing you see it's crazy to think 
<coughs> that God names all of the stars. What's even more stunning is that he knows your name. With all of this stuff happening in the cosmos, you might think, maybe God's too busy for me. He's not, because he knows and loves you as an individual. In this massive ocean of cosmic activity, contemplate the truth that you are not alone, you are not unnoticed. He knows exactly the number of hairs on your head, the number of fears in your heart. God knows everything about you, and he loves you anyway. You are his creation, you are his idea, you are his passion, and you are his love. He sees your fears, so why not bring your fears to him today? He sees your wrongs, so why not confess them and receive his grace for forgiveness? He sees your struggles, so why not stop pretending to do it on yourself and lean on the, the one who does this for fun? He sees your questions and your doubts, so be honest with him. A God who can do this is not afraid of your problems. A God who can create all of this is not afraid of your doubts. If you say, Lord, I struggle to believe, it doesn't knock him off his perch, you know? He sees your dreams and aspirations so you can put them in his hands. He sees your motives and intentions so let him work beneath the surface. He sees your deepest needs and he alone can meet them. Whatever you are believing for today, I'm hoping that this message has blown your socks off. You might be believing for uh, you know, money to come in. You might be believing for healing, maybe for a child, maybe for a reconciliation, maybe for a business to flourish. Whatever you are believing for today, there's only four possibilities. Either he, he does it, or two, he can't do it. That's clearly untrue. Or three, he doesn't love you enough to do it. That's also untrue. Or four, he has a better plan. Can you truly trust this awesome, amazing God today, whatever happens? When you face a problem, don't tell God how big your mountain is. Tell your mountain how big God is. If you're believing for something today, I'm going to ask you to put your trust in this amazing, incredible, awesome, off-the-scale God. And he looks down through time and he sees you and he loves you. And I know some of you here are struggling with life and I get that. I understand that. But what I'm telling you is you can put your hands into a God who does that for fun. Who, who creates all of these amazing... You can do that because you know he loves you so much. We hear a lot about Jesus loves me. But I'm telling you, our God is great. Our God is an awesome God. How great is our God? And this great God sees and loves you. Would you bow your heads? Lord, you are the God of all creation. Lord, you are the God who spoke and world sprang into being. And Lord, you are the God who loves us. In the midst of all that is going on, all that has happened, all that is happening in our life, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, our sicknesses, our lack of provision, we know, Lord, we can trust you because you are God. And I believe that that. What God has done this morning is blow our fuses with how awesome he is. And so my question to you today is, can you trust an awesome God? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, then I want to, want to encourage you to do that right now. Because what we've seen up here is the awesomeness and greatness of God. 
So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you've never given your life to the Lord, or maybe you did a long time ago and you haven't been living for Him, this is your moment to get this right. Because this God of all creation is reaching out to you today, saying, I love you, come home to me. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is the moment to do it. Just pray this prayer with me and together we will lead you into the greatest life you will ever know. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I've sinned, that I haven't put you first in my life. But right now, Lord Jesus, I ask you into my life as my Lord and my Savior, you're God of all creation, and you love me. Thank you for filling me with your Spirit and making me a part of your eternal family.